Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to eat. I'm Tanika, and today we're going to be discussing The Bachelor. So, there's nothing we're going to talk about on the top of the episode. I should have some hot sauce for you for Mirror um, at First Sight episode, but we'll just jump right into this one. So, Bachelor, Season 28, Episode 2. So, Jesse is playing tennis with Joey. And um, we do find out here that the sisters, well, meanwhile, we find out the sisters are talking to the other women, and they mention that they have dated the same guy before, just at different times. That's the only difference. So then we see Jesse coming in, talking to the women, and he explains going to be two group dates and then a one-on-one. But let's start with the group date. Because just of these, that's a date card. And who is going to be on this group date? So it's going to be Rachel, Taylor, Kelsey T, Lexi, Evelyn, Erica, Maria, Lauren, and Jess. And the date card reads, here comes the bride. So they get to um, go to a different room in the mansion where they get to pick their wedding dress. So everyone makes a mad dash to this other room to pick their dress. And Rachel actually like, I guess she kind of fell and then the rack fell with her. I don't know. I miss kind of what she did. There was no taking, but I'm like, what happened? But she said she's fine. It's all good. So they then come to two different cars that have, instead of just married, it says almost married with the cans and the whole bit. So here's kind of where you find out while they're on the way to the date that Lauren and Allison's dad actually passed away very recently. It was only seven months ago. And we actually find this out because um, Maria Maria was kind of saying, oh, she wants to have her dad at her wedding and all this, like the usual things that girls think about for their wedding. But unfortunately for Lauren and Allison, you know, Allison's all in the state right now, but they won't be able to have that. So she gets very emotional um, at this point, thinking about that, and um, then they arrive at the uh, the venue, right? <laughs> it's it is a venue. So here's how this is going to work. This date, they are going to imagine that they've all married already. So basically, like Joey is married to each of these women, and they're going to be attending their reception. So that is the premise of the date. And there's random people at this quote-unquote wedding. Jesse introduces Mr. and Mrs. and Mrs. and Mrs. and Mrs. <laughs> and they ask her to dance. Joey's not really a dancer, he says. Jesse gives his best man speech. Um, because he's his best man. 
And, and this is where we find out that there actually is a little bit of a challenge here. Each of these women are going to have to mingle among the guests of their wedding, do all the things that you would do at a wedding. And whoever is more impressive gets to have this, their wedding dance, quote unquote, with Jesse, with Jesse, with Joey. Um, so now everyone's going to try and, you know, win that extra time or that moment. So Jesse's like, okay, so now we're going to sit at the, that table. But who gets to sit beside Joey? Well, we're going to play bridal musical chairs in order to determine who gets to sit with him. So the music starts, everyone's, you know, and once it actually stops, Evelyn is on the opposite side of the chairs. And my girl does a swan dive to the other side of the table. They played that clip about five times, slower and slower each time. And when I tell you that I died of laughter, I was crying. I never laughed so hard in my entire life as I did watching this girl swan dive. To the other side of the table for her to not even sit beside him because basically the women who got to actually sit beside him was Maria and I believe Lauren. Just reading my note. Yeah. Yeah. So it was Lauren and Maria who got to sit beside him. So all that for nothing, but she's just, just, yeah, it was great. Um, a forever, sure. It was the funniest thing I think I've ever witnessed. But she said she wanted it badly, so she she did the damn thing. So Lauren's kind of in her head a little bit. She can't kind of come out of the the, the like the, the 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 how the mood was set on the way there, obviously. But her father, she's really in her mind right now. She can't seem to come out of her mind. Not great. And then Joey's with Jess. And the clinking of the glasses start happening. And they kiss, obviously, because if you know, you know the clinking of the glasses means that the bride and groom has to kiss. So the other women are just like, again, really? Because we already know they've kissed, but like, really? They're not happy. Then Rachel gives a speech. And basically in her speech, she's like, you know, I knew that this wedding would have beautiful people. But I didn't know that it would include your exits. But you know what? Cheers to your past and cheers to your future. I said, that is boss bitch. That is a boss bitch. I love it. but. Now, who is going to have that first dance? Well, Rachel is. Rachel is getting that first 
that dance with him, that speech left an impression. And, um, and guess what, guys? You know who's going to perform that first song or the song for the, the dance? Well, first of all, let's say what song it is. The song is When a Man Loves a Woman, sung by Michael Bolton. So, of course, Michael Bolton himself has to come on and sing the song. And I'm like, oh, okay. I see you, Bachelor, upping your game. You have Lauren Elena last year, which is, you know, she's not huge. I mean, to me anyway, she's not huge anymore, or ever really was, but she was on Idol. She's trying her hand at acting, apparently. She sings. You know, she's probably bigger in the country realm than I'm not in. But still, someone that we all kind of know. And then you bring on Michael fucking Bolton to sing When a Man Loves a Woman. You've outdone yourself, Bachelor. It's great. Fucking loved it. Anyways. So Rachel kisses Jesse, like she's the one who goes in for the kiss. And this is kind of where we find out that Lauren is the only person who didn't talk to him at all. Like, not at all. She didn't talk to him at all. So we'll see what happens during the after party. But now we're at the after party and Lauren is ready to talk to him. But Maria pulls him aside first. So during her time, Maria, she's talking to him or whatever. She's like, you know what? I can't breathe in this dress. And she's wearing this cute little white dress. And she's like, I can't breathe in this dress. I'm going to go slip into something a little more comfortable. And I'm thinking, you just met him, girl. What are you going to do? She comes back out wearing this black maxi dress with this black, you know, wrap and a black bra. Bustier whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, oh. And he's like, oh. And he says, like, he wants to get to know her. Like, he feels like he hasn't really learned anything about her. But this kind of changes the game a little bit. And he ends up just kissing her anyways. But then she comes back after that time and wearing the new outfit and and Lauren's like, why'd she change? And she's like, oh, I couldn't breathe in the dress. She's like, but why'd you change? <laughs> she's, Lauren is, yeah. Anyways, Jess is feeling a certain way because she just feels, and this is before she had her time with him, she just feels like, you know, she was hearing all the comments you know, when she kissed him or when she said she kissed him, I don't even know. And I'm like, well, duh, because you created the comments. Don't come out here and be like, oh my God, like no one likes me. When you came out here and was like, you kissed him. It was great. Okay, you definitely have some time with him. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to be that girl, but you legitimately are. Anyways. Well, 
Joey finds her because she kind of like goes off to her own because she doesn't like the fact that Taylor told her, you're that girl. You are a bitch, my friend. (laughs) But he finds her and she tells him, you know, she struggles with, I guess, confrontation or, or being like able to feel comfortable or whatever because her ex cheated on her. Joey gets it. He's dealt with his fair share of shit. And yeah, and again, not not to discredit anything, because we've all been through shit, being cheated on, especially at a level where it's like, whoa, I thought the last guy fucked me up, but you, you strived for the top spot of fucking up. <laughs> it, it just, that doesn't give you the right to be just not aware but I think she is that's the thing I don't think she's not aware I think she's fully aware of how things look how things sound how people feel that's the issue I have with her but we haven't seen enough yet that's the biggest thing So, meanwhile, at the house, we see that the one-on-one date is being determined, and that is going to Daisy. And the date card reads, I want a love that hits all the right notes. So, yeah, she gets the first one-on-one. I love her. I love Daisy. So, at this time, she decides to tell the women about her implant, um, And they all handle it very well. They thank her for saying anything and being vulnerable with them. So she is most likely going to be making the decision to tell him about her implant as well. So back at the date, Lauren is now talking to Joey. And she tells him it was just tough today, knowing that her dad will not be at her wedding. And again, this is where we find out that her dad died um, only seven months ago. We didn't know that before. But yeah, this is what she tells us. Well, tells him. And now it's just fine for finding out who got the group date rose. Now, he says he's giving out the rose to someone who was very vulnerable with him tonight. And he picks Jess. Now, again, not to, you know, discredit what she's been through. It's tough. Men suck. But you just have Lauren, who I'm not particularly a fan of either, but you just have Lauren who literally say to you, I'm just now starting to realize what my life is going to look like with my dad dying and he hasn't even been gone a year. And that's a very vulnerable thing. And you give it to Jess. Okay. Whatever you say. But that's it for the group date. Now let's move on to the one-on-one. So, today's the date. And he picks her up. And they're heading to a helicopter. She doesn't know where they're going. He won't tell her. 
but she is definitely worried in this moment that she won't be able to hear him while they're in the helicopter, but luckily she's able to hear him, so all's good. So we're at this ranch. I I forgot what ranch it is, some ranch, but this is where we are, and we're kind of playing like games. It's kind of like a fair of, you know, so they're playing games and doing all that stuff, and they finally sit down and they talk and he wants to know more about her, um, kind of more about like her job too. And she says that she worked as a software sales rep or whatever. And then she's transitioning now into doing nonprofit work that helps children with kind of, you know, the different changes that they may have. Um, I don't think it's necessarily like, I don't think, I don't know exactly like what the focus is on, but nonetheless, it is helping kids. And actually this might have, I don't know if this wasn't, um, I don't know if this was at the point where they talked about, if they talked about it during the fair or at dinner. Either way, at some point, I think it might have been the dinner. I honestly can't remember. So, but anyways, she kind of says like, you know, what made you want to do that? Like, what's the passion behind that? And she goes into telling him the story and she says, well, let me go back. When I was 11, she started having stroke-like seizures. So she was sick. Not even just so much as she was losing her hearing. She was sick. But once she explains what she was diagnosed with, I'm like, okay, everything makes sense now. Because a lot of the things that she's talking about or will be talking about once I get into it, um, all pointed. As soon as she said what it was, I'm like, oh, there we go. Yeah. So doctors didn't know why she was having these drug like seizures. Um, but she was, you know, you know, constantly sick. She couldn't afford to be sick. Um, even if like other family members were getting colds or flus, it would be ten times worse for her if she were to get sick. And I understand this too. Um, with my dad having multiple sclerosis he can't afford to be sick because for him getting sick it's just it's just not great you know it hits him harder um but so um when she was 17 as we kind of know a little bit about this she was woken up by her dad and this is where she realized that she couldn't hear anything and you know and with this, she got really sick. She could barely walk at times. And this is where they were able to diagnose her with Lyme disease. And I'm like, God, yeah. And again, with her living, being raised on a, on a farm, um, which could have ticks, or if she's going into the forest, or she seems very comfortable, obviously, in nature. And, you know, this was back in a time where we really didn't know. Like, I feel like the whole tick awareness um, and the fact that they do carry Lyme disease 
didn't really come about in, until like maybe in the last, well, maybe in the last 10 or so years. But depending on when she got it, because she was getting sick at 11 years old, she could have had Lyme disease from even then. We don't know. I don't know if they know. But um, I feel like if that is the case, and she did contract Lyme disease at 11, and she's 25, that would have kind of been long before we were really being aware of be careful, don't go into woody areas because that's where the ticks are and if the ticks get on you, you're not going to necessarily know until they, you know, they bite you and then you're going to get sick because they carry Lyme disease. It's just, it's unfortunate. Um, uh, yeah. So she ended up going to Germany for treatment for, I guess, the Lyme disease and I guess the Lyme, the treatment for Lyme disease is very similar, which I think I've heard this before. It's very similar to cancer treatment, which is chemotherapy. I don't know if it's chemotherapy that she went through or something similar to that. Well, clearly similar to that because she was losing her hair and she lost 50 pounds in five days. My God, that's 10 pounds a day, guys. I know math. That's ridiculous. But she tells him that she um, got the implant. She's only had it for about a year. And with this, she's still getting used to how it feels, how it sounds. Um, but she does tell him that she doesn't get sick anymore um, ever since she had that treatment two years bef- before. Um, and this is kind of where she shows him the implant. It's kind of this thing that sticks on her hair and it's supposed to trigger her auditory nerve to help her hear that's what it's supposed to do um, but he never noticed it because this kind of goes behind her hair a little bit like near the ear obviously but it's like on her hair um he didn't notice it and she says like I don't know if you noticed, like, I might have been asking, like, what a lot, because I couldn't hear, and he's like, no, I didn't notice. Like, he didn't notice at all. And with that, he gives her the date rose, and yeah, I really like her. I really do. Um, I can see her becoming a bachelorette. I never, at this point, think about who could be the next bachelorette if she doesn't get picked. Honestly, and all together, I want him to pick her. But if he were to pick her, I could see her being one of the people that they could pick, either her or even Leia. I could see that. And I usually am not this quick to kind of pick out who I could see as the Bachelorette. But I can definitely see them. I think even Daisy more so than Leia. Daisy has heart. So, but that's it. Have you ever wanted to guest on a podcast like this one that you're listening to right now? Well, you can. You can definitely do this by visiting a website called Podmatch, where you can sign up and be available for all different types of podcasts that you can guest on. Or you can even search for a podcast and say, I want to I guest on your podcast. Think we'd be a good match. 
So if you want to do this, you can go to our unique link, which is joinpodmatch.com forward slash reality. And you can sign up and do exactly that. And you can find us and you can guest on our podcast. So again, that unique link is www.joinpodmatch.com. That's J-O-I-N-P-O-D-M-A-T-C-H dot com forward slash reality, R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A, and you can be a guest on our podcast. Have you ever thought of starting your very own podcast. Doing the research, I found something that would have made editing easy and seamless and makes the podcasting experience just that much easier. And I am talking about Ludo. This is a podcast software that I use for our editing of our episodes. It is amazing. It is easy. You're also able to get help from doing chats and getting the information that maybe you just need a little more help with. They also have access to different articles that can also help you that have been just godsends for me. Also with Aludu, you can create clips, you can do your ads, as thus like this very one I'm doing right now, and you can create your trailer very seamlessly just by the clicks of buttons. You can also use Aludu to publish your episodes just straight from the software. It's so easy. I highly, highly recommend it. You can get access to Aludu by using our unique link, which you can find our show notes just down there at the bottom at the show notes. And you can get access to an easy software. So... Now it's the next group date. We don't know really what the group, something about showing your true colors. I think Jesse, Jesse, I can, the J names is going to be an issue. I think Joey does mention it while we're in the date. But anyways, so here comes Jubilee and Demi. We have not seen Demi in years. She looks great. She's still her bubbly self. Um, so we're going to be doing a bachelor boot camp. Yeah. So drop and give me 20. <laughs> so they drop and do 20 push-ups. Um, anyway, that was really cute. But that was just a warm-up. What they're really going to be doing is basically playing like capture the flag type situation. Except we're going to be capturing the heart. So basically what's going to be happening, we're going to be splitting these girls into two teams. We're going to have blue, we're going to have pink. Blue team, pink team. 
the blue team has to try and capture the pink team's pink heart. And the pink has to try and capture the blue heart. The biggest thing here, too, is that they're going to be paintballed to death while they do so. So that's what they're going to be doing. The um, So those are, that's really and truly the only rule. Otherwise, do whatever you got to do to win. And that's what Demi says. And I'm thinking, oh no, don't, don't say do whatever you got to do because we're literally going to do anything to make sure they win. So we start the first round, which was really freaking easy because I think it was Edwina. Edwina, I think it was Edwina, who basically takes the pink heart because no one was guarding it anyways. So that was the easy one for the blue team. Then round two, Krissa gets the blue heart. So that's one point for the pink team. And then round three is going to determine the winner. The blue team wins the game. They they did the damn thing. So then Jubilee says, well, here's the thing. We're all winners, right? So we should all definitely go back to the house, get cleaned up. Well, because only one of you is going to be going out with Joey tonight. You heard me. The winning team wins, which is great, but it's not the entire team that's going to have the night portion of the date. Only one person. And who that person is going to be is going to be be determined later on. So everyone still has to go get ready. But you might not be the one going on a date. So later, everyone's cleaned up, ready to go, waiting to see who is going to be going on this date. And Edwina is the one who's getting extra time. Because Edwina really brought the, the Durant game. She was just cutthroat. And he was impressed by that. So, anyways, they had to where they're going to be. And, you know, she tells him, you know, growing up in an, an African family, especially as her being the first daughter, she was expected to do a lot of the housekeeping um, duties, quote-unquote womanly duties. Um, so that is what was expected of her, and that's what she did. And she said failure is not an option for her because she does have younger siblings who are going to be looking up to her. And she did get very emotional explaining all of this. I think it's a lot on someone. Then back of the house. This is where a little bit of drama starts up. Medina is explaining how, you know, she is older, so she feels like maybe she has a disadvantage based on the fact that she is older. And she's just expressing herself being the oldest and maybe how that would impact things in her relationship with him. But she does say here, after she's 31 years old, I don't know if I mentioned that, but she does say, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that out loud. And I said, mm, maybe, because you never know who is going to use that to their advantage. You can't trust nobody, honestly. But um, after that conversation, yeah, 
kind of Maria is outside. I'm not sure who she's outside with, but she's outside. And then we hear like other people or there's other people kind of in a different area. And all of a sudden you can hear Maria talking shit about what Medina had to say. And she's like, oh, she's like saying how she's like the one of the oldest people now. She's like, I'm old too. Like I'm older too. I'm not letting it bring me down or whatever. And I said, okay, I hear what she's saying here. I mean, I go, honestly, I hear what everyone's saying here. When you are older, especially older than the person you are dating, it can be a lot. You can be at a disadvantage. Even if you are only in your early 30s, you are at a disadvantage. It's just the facts, unfortunately. And she doesn't know enough about him yet to know how he would react to things. So I hear her. But then, like, Maria kind of be like, oh, I'm old too. And I'm like, okay, I understand what you're trying to say. But there is such a difference between being 29 versus in your early 30s. You do think differently. You do see the world differently. You may also not care what people have to say, but when it comes to potential partner, you care what they have to say and how they feel about something. And that's probably very nerve-wracking for her. And also, we don't know what she's experienced in life to make her feel insecure about her age. But you hear all this happening, and Sydney's like, well, that's my girl. Like, I'm going to have to say something like to Marina. She only say something to Marina. So, or sorry, Medina. Um, Marina. Med- Medina. So, with that being said, it's now a cocktail party. And Lexi is going to, Lexi is going to paint Joey. Paints me like one of your French girls, Jack. So, um, she's doing it. She's telling her, oh, yeah, put your head this way. Hold your head really still on this. And meanwhile, she was just drawing a clown with colors. It was very weird. Very weird, but very cute. Taylor tells Maria everything that had happened. Or, yeah, rather, yeah, she's kind of admitting. Oh, no, sorry. Taylor is telling Maria everything that she's been hearing. I think that's how it went. I'm not sure if Maria, I think Maria already knew. So they're basically talking about the whole thing. And Taylor's like, you know, she's my girl. I don't think she'll do anything. I don't think she did this. But um, Taylor does say, you know, maybe you need to talk to her or whatever. So, Maria does go to talk to Medina, but Medina's like, really, I don't really want to deal with this. She's trying to keep her mind in a better headspace in order to talk to Joey. She doesn't want to be dealing with this right now. But Maria kind of says, like, listen, I am not mad at Medina for being upset. I am, however, mad at the person who told her. She goes back into the house. She goes back to the group of women and she's like, Which one of you did it? You too. <laughs> it's literally like, Who wrote the note? You too. You know, it's kind of that vibe. Okay, so full disclosure I'm actually recording this um, separate from the rest of the recording um, because I was number one falling asleep. This week's been rough on me, 
with fatigue. And I'm actually happy that I'm going to do this part of this um, again because I actually watched the episode a second time and I realized there were things that I missed. So I want to kind of put that out there. So with the whole situation with this commentary that was being made by Maria because of Medina saying, you know, she's worried about her age because she's 31. She's older than him. She's older in general. Um, Maria said nothing wrong. What was being heard by Sydney was Maria saying, you know, own your age, you're older, own it, and he's probably going to love it. So she actually wasn't saying anything bad. Now, maybe she should have said that in front of Medina, but at the end of the day, she didn't say anything wrong. So all of this mess that Sydney has created is bullshit. So when we fast forward now back to the situation at hand after the her attempt to talk to Medina and goes back into the house and says, who did it? Sydney admits, you know, yeah, it was me. Because I heard you, you were saying condescending things, this is the word of the night. And, you know, I just didn't appreciate it or whatever. And Maria says, okay, what did I say that was condescending? Like, explain this to me. And she says, well, you said, like, I'm old too or whatever. Maria never said that. Maria never once said, oh, I'm old too. So Maria says this and he listen, I never, never use that verbiage because I don't consider myself old, 28, 29, 30, 31, doesn't matter. I don't consider myself old. So I would never use that verbiage. And then she says, kind of what I just said before, I want her to own her age because she's a sexy 31-year-old woman. She is beautiful. You know, Joey's going to love it. He's not going to care. He's not going to say, oh, you're 31. It's too old for me. Like, he's not going to say those things. So she, and it means while well, Maria is, like, trying to get this out, Sydney's just over there being like, well, you're entitled to your opinion. And it's like, no, fucking listen to what she has to say. You started this for no reason. So, and when she's like, okay, I'm glad we cleared this up. I'm done. And she gets up and she walks out. Maria. And Sydney's like, Maria's so annoying. Like, no, bitch, you have an issue because she literally just handed your ass to you. And like, what was the reason for any of us? Really? It was so stupid. This And Maria makes the comment of this was probably the stupidest fight in bachelor history. She's not wrong. So moving on to the next thing that happens, Lauren wants to get her time. She wants to recreate the wedding date that she didn't really take part in for legitimate reasons. And she wants to create that. She's seeing everyone else getting their time, including her sister. Everyone's getting their thing, but she's not getting it. And after a while, she starts to get upset because she wanted to do her date or talking to him earlier in the night. But I'm thinking to myself, 
okay, but make this work to your advantage. You may, may couldn't have done it earlier in the night, but you could do it last or towards the end of the night and you'll leave a lasting impression on him. Like, come on, use what's been in front of you. But instead, she gets anxious and upset and she's like, I'm just in the mood now. Like, I'm not going to be able to change that. Like, it's just there now. And she goes to her sister and she says, I'm leaving. Just like that, y'all, she's leaving. Because, God forbid, she couldn't get time when she wanted and how she wanted. This is ridiculous. So we see that she's kind of doing an interview or whatever. And I guess Joey sees her and he walks up to her. And she's like, yeah, I know, I wanted to talk to you, but like, I just feel like everyone and their mother talked to you first and all of this. And they sit down and she basically tells him, I'm going to go home. And he's shocked. He doesn't expect that. He said, I just came over here to check on her. I didn't expect her to say she's leaving. And she is like, you know, I just don't, like, I don't want to talk to you now because I'm upset and it's going to ruin everything and blah, blah, Like, it's, honey, I think the last thing you need right now is a husband. I think you need a therapist. I don't know why, if you've always been this way, if your dad's passing has pushed shit over the edge, I don't know. But, my God. I feel like she's kind of always like this because you see before she goes out and she says she's leaving, Allison's like rolls her eyes and says, okay. And you can tell she's literally saying she does this all the time. This is normal, you know? Anyway, while they're sitting there, a cake shows up because she's literally going to re- recreate everything. And the cake is supposed to be red velvet. Just like on the date, it was red velvet. And she's like, if it's not red velvet, I'm going to be so mad. But I'm thinking, as I show the cake, it's not red velvet. That's not the right icing for red velvet. It's supposed to be a cream cheese. Usually you don't see fruit on top of a red velvet cake, at least where I'm from and what I've seen. So I knew right off the bat, this was not a red velvet cake. And she cuts into it and she's like, it's not red velvet. And she literally takes the cake from him, places it down on the ground, and she's like, okay, so. And yeah, pretty much it. He, I think they hugged. I think at that point he walks away. And she picks up the cake and she takes a bite of the cake. And she's like, you know, my dad said, like, I shouldn't have bothered. Like, if he was still alive, he wouldn't have told me not to go on that show. And she takes the cake and smashes it on the ground. What did the cake ever do to you, ma'am? <laughs> I'm like, my God, that's unhinged. But anyway, she's leaving. Well, it's the rose ceremony time. So let's go through it. So Allison is upset, you know, with Lauren leaving, but, you know, I guess we're going to try and soldier on through this. So here we go. First person to get the rose is Rachel, Lexi, Kelsey A, Kelsey T, Jen, Evelyn, Autumn, Medina, Leah, I think Katie, Krissa, 
Maria, Star, Allison, and Sydney. That also includes um, Edwina, uh, Daisy, and who got the group day rose? Oh, Jess. So that in total is 18 girls. So we have the following people going home. Taylor and Erica and some other girl that I don't know because we didn't get enough screen time with her. Nonetheless, that is it for The Bachelor. So if you like what you heard, please share us with everyone in your life. Please also rate and review that helps our growth, which you can do at either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And we're on every one of your favorite podcast apps. So make sure you hit follow, subscribe on your favorite app so you don't miss a single episode. You can connect with us by going to either Facebook or Instagram at Reality Times 2. You can also go to Twitter, TikTok, Reddit at Reality Times 2 Pod. And you can email us by going to Reality Times 2 on Outmill. Com. Don't forget we have our website, which is at solo.to forward slash reality times two. And also, don't forget I have my other podcast with my friend Mikkel called The Next Take Podcast, where we talk about, well, just about everything over there. We're on every one of your favorite podcast apps over there as well. But you can get access to any links, any socials, anything like that, by going to our website, which is solo.to forward slash next take podcast. Um, and you also can go to YouTube, which is next take podcast as well. But of course, all of these links will be in the show notes. But that is it for now, guys. Thanks. Bye.